This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. In the boiling hot piney woods of north central Florida, which we'll cover a little bit more at the halftime how hot it is here basically all across the South, maybe even the nation. Um, we are also got a hot topic today we'll be talking about. Of course, we're in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators and a full-service legal center. Protected 24-7, 365 by Crime Prevention, owned by Randy Elrad and John Pastore, locally owned and sponsored by our great sponsors like On the Spot Cleaners, uh, style cuts, r r construction, uh, may I go on? Um, I'll run out of fingers and toes here in a minute. And um, we are awaiting a very uh, uh, interesting phone call coming from a longtime friend here who is the um, sponsor of the uh, GRU bill, which was signed into law yesterday by the governor. And um, Chuck Clemens is a representative from Newberry to the uh, Florida State uh, Legislature, State of Florida Legislature, and a, a long time been community, community involved, of course, as head of the foundation, fundraising arm of Santa Fe College, and I think was, uh, once upon a time, a Republican county commissioner, maybe the last one we've had. There might have been, no, Sue Baird was. Once upon a time, I think Chuck was also a county commissioner, among other things and has done a tremendous job of um, being involved in the community in a thoughtful and rational way, which is um, greatly appreciated by somebody like me, who is a uh, professor who tries to instill that in his students. Um, I find Chuck to be a very good student and a very good uh, uh, person to get things done. The um, issue, of course, has always been, well, the incompetence of the Gainesville City Commission in terms of handling money. And where they really went off the rails, in my humble opinion, was when they bought in Pigree and Underhand's idea that the best way to supply power, given the hysteria associated with the various renditions of the climate, which have gone from, in my memory, save the planet to... um I don't know, even maybe save the whales was thrown in there somewhere. Um, and we got into this great wood burning stove um, called a biomass plant and um, gave the international fighter pilots salute, of course, to um, natural gas, which we had a lot of coal, all because it was fossil fuel stuff and uh, bad for this and bad for that. And uh, <clears throat> fired the best uh a manager of the GRU utility I've known, which was Mike Kurtz, 
who gave a big community report on how uh, the numbers didn't work for this. And um, having been the chair of the Republican, uh, having been the chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee in those days, we uh, ran this by our committee and we're not for it. We had at the time three uh, forest uh, uh, people on the committee, people who were experts in forestation and wood supply and all that. They weren't for it. But, you know, in a typical conversation, I guess, with liberals, uh, we couldn't get our voices heard. Um, it was all deaf ears. And it was just a foregone conclusion that they were going to do this for ideological reasons, uh, come the proverbial hell or high water. And um, that's the way it was going to have to be. And um, so be it if you didn't like it. You're just going to have to lump it, uh, get used to it, uh, whatever. Let me see if I got an email a minute ago. I'm waiting on Chuck. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, message from uh, Harvey Ward. Harvey Ward put out a message this morning. Uh, it says the following. Today marks a controversial milestone in the history of our publicly owned Gainesville Regional Utilities. House Bill 1645, commonly known as the GRU Bill, has become law. This means that by October 1, 2023, we can expect Governor Ron DeSantis to have appointed five people to manage, operate, and control our municipal utility. Now, what does this mean, he says, for our GRU customers? Uh, and I'll get into that in just a moment. Let me uh, text uh, um, Chuck and make sure he understands that he is to call us. Uh, go ahead and call. Just sent that message and hopefully uh, we'll pick up Chuck in a moment. Let me continue with this letter that has just come out from our reward. <clears throat> And he says the first thing to know is that the new law does not change who owns GRU. The utility is still owned by the residents of the city of Gainesville. Well, I don't know exactly what that means. It's always been owned by them and the cavalier attitude of the Hanrahans and all those. I didn't seem to take that much into account. Um, the second thing Harvey Ward says in his letter is that we are proud of GRU's record of providing excellent service. And, uh, it, you know, I, I, I take it with a grain of salt, okay? I mean, I got experiences where it was not excellent service. Let me give you one story. I know a piece of property that is on a septic tank in the Gainesville city limits. And the reason it's on a septic tank is the city would not run a sewer line to it. Okay, great. All right, is Chuck on? Okay. Good morning, yeah. Representative Clemens. Good morning. Good morning, Ward. How are you doing? Well, it's, I'm doing well, sir. I was just going through while I was waiting for you to call in. 
uh, the letter that Harvey Ward has now sent out a message, if you will. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, and going through the type of uh, comments that were to be expected. Uh, and um, have you seen this, uh, Chuck? Yeah, I, I saw it. Uh, I think last evening I took a look at what the mayor had written. Uh, now he's looking for a smooth transition, which, uh, man, I wish he would have taken that stance about uh, six weeks ago. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's real or if it's a, a double-sided coin. Uh, when I read in the paper this morning that um, not only the city has set aside $250,000 of uh, Gainesville Regional Utilities money, our ratepayers' money, to perhaps file suit against the state of Florida to try to block or negate uh, this bill that the governor just signed. And as well, um, former Commissioner Hutch Hutchinson and his group of private uh, uh, group there in Gainesville is looking to file a suit in the federal court. So we'll see what the next stage of this particular implementation is, but we're moving forward, Ward, with uh, trying to provide stability for Gainesville Regional Utilities to uh, protect the good employees of, of GRU that's worked diligently to try to provide you know the services to people uh, in the community. And uh, but we just want to stop the, the bad financial decisions. Well, it's so interesting that you said uh, the two-headed coin because they do speak out of both sides of their mouths. And Hutchinson's not even a city commissioner. Uh, he was a county commissioner. And the county is doesn't have any ownership that I know of of the utility. So this is some ideological flag they want to raise. And uh, this is the whole issue all along. Ideology, they think, makes more sense than financial stability and, and uh, number crunching, which they've been a horrible job at, yeah. not just on utilities in the city of Gainesville, but every other aspect of their books there for quite a while. Um, but this is not atypical of the behavior of this ideologically driven type of philosophy. Can you talk a little bit about the history of this? Because... We've got kind of a classic conversation with you this morning, Chuck. Uh, we got a lot of time with you. We, you and I go way back. We know this history. Uh, so we can log it in now on the program, and it'll be here in our library of shows. Um, I was going over the, for me, what was the beginning day, Chuck, when uh, Mike Kurtz was let go, if you will. Way back when, I think he was the best director of the utility we had because he wouldn't buy into the biomass plant. For me, that's where it all started. And then I was chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee. I was telling our our listeners and viewers, and we listened. We had three foresters on the committee. None of them thought it made any sense. But there was no listening to us at any step along the way. Is that the way you remember it and have researched it? Uh, it, it is, Ward. I mean, the uh, the utility operated uh, in a sterling fashion for the first 80 years of its existence. Um, you know, it, it had professional guidance through, you know, general manager that was well-versed and could run the utility uh, in a, in a professional manner. And then something happened along the, after the year 2000 and city commissioners, uh, various ones and mayors, various ones, determined that uh, some of their pet projects could be funded out of this uh, income stream that's called uh, Gainesville Regional Utilities. And then as the utility continued to grow and 30 to 40 percent 
of the users weren't not even in the city limits and therefore could not vote for the city commissioners. The, now all of a sudden it's like, gosh, uh, there's hardly no, uh, no uh, feedback or I guess detrimental reasons that we shouldn't be able to use this money because those people, those people can't vote us out of office. That's for sure. And they're disenfranchised. Um, and people need to remember that it is a regional utility uh, run by a sure. city government. And, um, right. Yeah. And and look, uh, where this started uh, reaching uh, proportions of people taking taking note of it is when the, the rates continued to increase, the debt uh, from all the sources, including the biomass plant, which was a, a debacle from the beginning, based upon ideological uh, reasons to do that. Uh, and I won't, I won't get into that because we're here now. Uh, but in, you know, since, since uh, 2010, there's been four, four downgrades of the bond ratings. And this is long before any local bill was, was submitted through the legislature. So four downgrades. And the, the only reason that, um, that the downgrades haven't continued is because the city commission can vote to increase the rates on the GRU ratepayers. So it's almost like you can name your own price. You know, Florida Power and Duke Energy and others, they have to go for the uh, Public Service Commission to get their rates approved. The municipals do not have to do that. They can, with a, a majority vote of their governing body, they can raise the rates. And that's just, uh, that's just not okay for the ratepayers. Ask anybody whose bill is $900 a month and there's two people living in the home. It, it's, it's unbelievable. That is if sometimes you, you get your meters read anyway. So uh, the four downgrades, but, but the thing that really tipped the scales for me, Ward, was looking at the financials of GRU and the city uh, has transferred $68 million more than the profit of GRU to the city. So if uh, you can see it right on the, the financial statement, the GRU made 15 million, they transferred 28 million. And so some of the city commissioners uh, tried to obfuscate or confuse people and say, well, as a percentage of our gross revenue, well, no, no reasonable financial person bases any sort of transfer on the gross revenue. You can't transfer more than you earn. Where does that money come from? You either have to borrow it or you're, or you're, or you're spending down your reserves. So this recent uh, movement from going from 28 million down to 15 or 16 million, that was a, that was a red herring to begin with. Uh, they were transferring money they didn't have. So to say that they reduced it by 50%, um, <laughs> that, that was a, that, that's almost a blatant lie. And so furthermore, look at this. If, you're got a plan. You got $1.7 billion in debt and you got a plan to pay it down 315 million, which is 18% over 20 years. It's almost Ward, like you're barely paying the interest on your credit card uh, bill every month. It's not a plan at all. So action needed to be taken. You know, uh, we have a couple of questions that have come in on the chat line. We might as well dip into them. Um, is there any technical, people have asked a lot of, I'm sure you've been asked this, is there any technical or legal reason that users in city or out could not choose to receive service from other providers? 
Uh, y- yes, there, there's there's legal reasons for that. There's uh, boundaries that um, that utility providers have. Um, so so it's not a free market. It's based upon uh, boundaries and and uh, the you know it's very expensive to put lines in and uh, transmission uh, facilities and things like that. So in order to do that, uh, whether it's a municipal or whether it's a privately held uh, corporation, they need to have some sort of steady uh, anticipation that the revenues are going to come to meet the debt service. So all the folks in this service territory uh, are Gainesville Regional Utility uh, customers, and they cannot choose, at least the residential ones cannot choose, to, to buy their power from some from someone else. So you're captive. You're held hostage. You you have no ability to go somewhere else. And so that's why this bill is so important to give people, uh, you know, give people some uh, representation. And now now for the first time ever, uh, the folks outside of the city of Gainesville who use and are really part owners will have a say because they have a representative on the, the new board. And I'm reminded by a former school board member, Chuck. Of the cost of this folly, financial folly, to our very own K through 12 school system. You mentioned residential rates a moment ago. Well, let's also uh, include commercial and the fact that our school system buys power from GRU. Correct? Uh, that is correct, and uh, I have heard some of the same stories from some former school board uh, members themselves about uh, the, the astronomical charges. Uh, and, and these charges are not uh, planned for, and, and it may be through the through the fuel adjustment charge or whatever. But at, in the end, it's still a part of the bill. I know Ward Santa Fe College has experienced the, the same exact um, uh, experience, where uh, the fuel adjustment or other things, which sometimes can't be forecasted, I get that. But when you're a state entity like Santa Fe College and you budget X amount based upon previous histories. And now it's a half a million dollar increase over what you've budgeted. That money has to come and be tapped from reserves because there, there's not money to, to pay those unexpected increases in your electricity. And you have to keep the electricity on. And furthermore, I think in the school board situation, they go out and ask for another tax. And <laughs> it's maddening when you think about those relationships, Chuck, that because of the incompetence of malfeasance of the city commission with this utility, the school system has to go out and tax us <laughs> to make up for the deficiency. Sure. Good golly, this so model. you know, we, 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 you know, it's like it's like you've got a, a boat ward, and you, there's a hole in the bottom of the boat. Water's coming in the bottom of the boat, and then you've got a a, ba- a bailer, you know, a pail, and so you know, it, it's almost uh, crazy to to bail. Because you've got a hole in the bottom of the boat. The first thing that, that a wise person that doesn't want to drown does is they, they plug the hole in the bottom of the boat so it doesn't have any more water coming in. And then you begin to bail. This <laughs> uh, GRU bill that was signed by the governor last night, uh, this bill is the plugging of the proverbial hole in the bottom of the boat. Now what we're going to do is with this new board, we're going to try to continue to bail the water out of the boat Stabilize the utility, uh, stop the uh, the reckless withdrawals from the utility for purposes that the city has. And if the city has those purposes, then the people who use those services probably need need to to pay those bills, or they need to have a reprioritization 
of the city budget. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that the, the first couple things that the city needs to do is uh, police, fire, first responders. Those are the first things that the city uh, should be required to do. And then look, look at your roads and infrastructure. And when those primary uh, things are taken care of, then you venture out into the things that are not required but would be, uh, you know, desired. You follow me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, listeners and students out there listening, you know, we run this as a classroom. We have our guest lecturer, our guest speaker today, Representative Chuck Clemens, who is a hometown boy, really, uh, Santa Fe High School quarterback at one time, I believe. Maybe uh, get me if I'm wrong here on this, Chuck. Uh, a Republican County Commissioner once upon a time, uh, fundraiser for the college, just an excellent friend, uh, a guy who's really done a remarkable thing to shepherd this through the legislature. And in a moment, I want to talk about that, Chuck. But uh, we got a couple of questions pouring in. Um, does this um, realignment, if you will, of responsibility address the uh, exorbitant, I'm using the listeners' words now, Exorbitant costs of water, sewer, and wastewater, does it also address those, the whole management of that? Well, well what it does is uh, the, the, it shifts the governance. It removes the city of Gainesville's commissioners from making the financial or leadership decisions for the utility. Um, and it gives the utility an independent board, and they must. Uh, those five members of the new board must have some levels of expertise uh, to, uh, to, to provide added value to the decisions that the board has. This new board can hire and fire a general manager for the utility, independent of the city of Gainesville. And basically, they have the full right and capacity to, to lead Gainesville Regional Utilities, and it represents 100% of the users because now the 30 to 40% of the users in the fringe areas that's not in the city of Gainesville, we'll have a representative sitting on that board helping to make those decisions. And those decisions now must inure to the benefit of all of the users, not just the ones who live in the city. Specifically, to answer your question, um, any sort of decisions that would affect whether it be electricity, water, wastewater, all of those things come under the umbrella of, of the GRU. And so, yes, um, uh, I live in the urban fringe myself. I get the power from Clay Electric uh, Cooperative, which is, is very uh, lo- low in, in rates. And, but also, I have the, the water and wastewater is under Gainesville Regional Utilities. Or, really? I'm not making this up. I show yeah. you my, my bill. My water and wastewater charges from GRU are more every month than my electricity bill that that comes from play electric cooperative so um there's a lot of people in my neighborhood who are facing the exact same thing that your water costs more than your darn electricity oh in the immortal words of john McEnroe, you cannot be serious i mean uh, let me give you another story chuck that i was just starting when you checked in i know a gentleman who owned a piece of property that uh, was on had to be uh, on a septic tank because the the GRU would not run the lines because it was a creek too close to the property that they just had declared, I guess, out of ideology, almost holy water. <laughs> and, 
This was a rental for students, okay? So uh, lo and behold, once upon a time, the rental had some vacancy. So the property owner put the utilities in his name temporarily while more tenants could be found and noticed that on the doggone bill, he was being charged for wastewater. Well, they did. And it had gone on, Chuck, it had gone on for years. And you know, well, you're exactly right. So, so here, here we we're, we plug we plug the hole in the bottom of the boat, and I think what what you and your listeners need to pay close attention to is how the city and the city commissioners react to the in, to making this a smooth transition of management, and I think that probably it's not going to be smooth based upon some of the the traffic that people send me on social media sites. They're still uh, defiant. And uh, these lawsuits, and I think that they're probably going to try to spend taxpayer money suing another government that's going to have to use taxpayer money to defend itself instead of uh, acknowledging that there was a problem and working with the state to solve and resolve this problem to the benefit of the ratepayers uh, in in the Gainesville Regional Utility Service uh, territory. So uh, watch out for this. Uh, we'll see. I'd like to come back and maybe we can talk about this. Uh, further as these uh, developments uh, unfold, but it's going to be a very interesting time. Now, you know, why would what you know you might say? Why do you think that this is is forthcoming? Well, I'm I'm reading the tea leaves, but frankly, Ward, I welcome uh, if a, a suit is filed because the first thing that all of the ratepayers should focus on is the, uh, the 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 folks that will get the, the depositions. And uh, under the under the threat of perjury, you're, there's going to be some questions asked. And I believe a couple of the city commissioners may not want to go under deposition because then maybe some of these plans will be made out in the open. And there may be some city commissioners that lose their um, their office because of an investigation that might occur based upon uh, based upon the legalities. Wow, that's a very interesting point. Uh, Chuck, how much more time do you you got a little more time with this? Because I would love to know. I've, I've got about, yeah, I got about 10 more minutes. Okay, let's, let's just stay with 10 more minutes and I'll do my break after that. Let's go through, and I, I, this is where I'm really, I think you're the only guy I could have done. Of course, I'm going to talk, Keith Perry, I think helped you too. But, you know, the story is that since we have a Republican legislature, basically Republican state, Lawrenceville County has always been considered an oddball place. And the tendency has been to, oh, well, that's their problem. We don't want to mess with them. Uh, we'll go on about the state's business. But yet, if that is the case, and I'm just laying that down as a premise, you got their interest. You got them to actually care about the people in Lawrenceville County being ripped off. I think that can you go as walk? Huh? Well, sure, sure. This is—I don't see this as a as a partisan issue. Uh, it's not a Republican or a Democratic issue. Even though members of the city commission is trying to make this a, a partisan war, it's not anything about politics at all. It's about arithmetic, Ward. It's about having the ability to read the balance sheet. It's having the ability to know good business decisions or bad business decisions when you see them. Uh, uh, Mike Caruso, who is this year the chair of the Joint Legislative Audit Committee, JLAC, um, 
he's a CPA. And it took him about 30 seconds to look at the balance <laughs> sheet and say, oh, my God, those people have transferred $68 million more in the last four years than they earned. Who's <laughs> running this operation? And, and uh, I'm looking forward, Ward, and I think that you should travel to Tallahassee when the JLAC committee brings the mayor and representatives from the city back to Tallahassee before October 1st, because there's going to be some very, very uh, difficult questions, I believe, posed that that the city city representatives are going to have a hard time reconciling uh, the arithmetic. So arithmetic doesn't lie. Rith- arithmetic is and math uh, matter, and arithmetic and math will tell the whole story about whether or not there's been good decisions made on behalf of GRU and the ratepayers or not. I'm convinced. Looking at the data, uh, there's been some terrible decisions made, and guess what? There's been people on the city commission, putting their head uh, in the proverbial ostrich hole, uh, <laughs> ignoring the, the math and ignoring the arithmetic for, for several years. And when new commissioners, uh, God bless them, they're taking up the mantle of the old commissioners. And, and I think that they've dug their hole, Ward, so deep now, they can't get out of it. And, you know, all it would take is some sort of, uh, oh, my gosh, mea culpa. Yeah, there was decisions made. Uh, let me help. You, the state, it's sorry that you had to come in and, 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 and get involved in this, but now that you are, let's make this better for all the ratepayers. No, there's a couple commissioners that have not only doubled down more, they've tripled down. And guess what? You live by that sword. And, you know, the old proverbial saying is you're probably going to die by that sword. You could have come clean, but you're choosing not to. You know, what's interesting now that you're talking about that, you know, you would think that they were to take the sensible route here, they would have Hutchison's group at arm's length. They wouldn't have anything to do with them. Uh, they wouldn't even pretend uh, to pretend. But no, they don't have an arm's length. And you, you've made a point that it's not partisan. No, they've turned it into partisanship. I will, I will assure you. Yes, sir, they have. Yeah, we go and look at uh, Hutchison's group. I don't think you'll find anything but ideologically driven Democrats in that thing. Well, you know, the unintended consequences, and, and I'm, I'm saying this on the air, and I'm saying this is going to be recorded, and I'm saying this is going to be out there for the whole world, but uh, the Hutchinson's group uh, working independently or, or either codependently, either way, it's going to hurt the city commissioners because once uh, uh, once Hutchinson's group files the, 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 the lawsuit, that exposes the city commissioners to uh, the depositions as well. So even though the city doesn't sue, uh, should the outside group sue, uh, the players are the same. And guess what? In part of the defense, all the people there are going to have to get on record, swear uh, that they're telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help them, whatever. Uh, to me, I swear to God, but to so help them. Uh, and we'll see, because if you lie under oath, then you're going to be in really big trouble. For those of you who are checking in, I'm looking at the chat line. We're talking to Representative Chuck Clemens, who is the um, really, I think, the author. Maybe he'll expand on that in a moment to extent that's applicable as a term. Uh, and certainly, certainly the shepherd of this uh, through the committee process uh, all the way up to the governor's desk, which is no slight accomplishment. And uh, this is going to be, I think, Chuck, and looking back in my real memory of the community, Unprecedented. I don't know. Talk to me about this. Is there anywhere else where, you know, the you know, this had to be 
done under these dire conditions that you know of? Or were you, are you a precedent setter with this? Well, this is, there's no, there's no um, history of any sort of uh, municipal utility uh, having to be placed in a situation where the state had to come in and, and help with management. Uh, and, and the reason for that is most municipals are managed extremely well. Uh, I know uh, during our committee process this year, the mayor of Tallahassee, uh, and, and he's uh, the head of the of the governing board for Tallahassee Utilities, they transfer about $50 million a year from the utility to the city of Tallahassee to use, be used for various, uh, various uh, initiatives that's important to the city. But guess what, Ward? The Tallahassee Utilities doesn't have any debt. And so the amount that they can transfer is directly related to how well that utility is managed, and, and their debt load is, is virtually non-existent. So that is an example of a municipal utility with the leaders being the city commissioners and the mayor working very, very efficiently and very, very professionally. Uh, the, the total opposite has happened here in Gainesville because of the one debacle with the biomass plant. And that was like the, the domino, the first domino that, that, that tipped over. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's been a, a series of dominoes in the last 15 or so years, especially in the last 10 years. In the last, from 2010 today, uh, the city commission, various city commissioners have voted to withdraw $100 million from that utility, our utility, more than the profit of that utility. And so that's not a sustainable path to use a word that my um, colleagues might use in the city of Gainesville. It's not sustainable at all. It is a road to bankruptcy. You cannot squeeze the, the goose that's laying the golden egg uh, to that effect because uh, the goose is going to get uh, ill and the goose might not even be around if you keep abusing it like that. Let me ask this question's come in. Um... We're talking about these commissioners exposing themselves to being deposed. How far back in the history of commissioners? I know you're not a lawyer, but um, could that go? Could we go back and get the previous commissioners who started this fiasco to raise their hand? I believe that once the subpoena is requested, um, you're under obligation by the Florida court system to um, either deliver yourself uh, to that questioning or uh, have some good reason that the judge might recuse you from that. So, yeah, I don't think there's a statute of limitation on that, um, but but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I did, look, I, I didn't open that chapter of the book. Uh, the city commissioners and, and uh, former Commissioner Hutchinson is opening that. Uh, I'm just going to play, play it like I feel it. And, you know, gosh, the state um, is going to defend the city and they're both government entities. That's the, that's the tragedy of this is we're going to have to use more taxpayer money to do something that should have never been come before the court to begin with. You know, Chuck, this fits into a conversation that um, the step back from this particular uh, example that really is being talked about throughout the country and that is the financial malfeasance of the Democrat-run cities all across the nation, of which this is a very interesting example, because this is almost, I'll use the word, this is almost theft. You know, this is not like throwing good money 
after bad projects, what they do with the homeless in San Francisco or defunding the police or uh, any of that sort of business. This is actually taking money from Peter to pay Paul and not getting permission to do it. That's that's that is all. That's a national story. I mean, that really is when you think sure. about it. This is a national sure. story. And, and I think I think uh, Ward, as it unfolds, it's become it's going to become more and more interesting, and hopefully, more and more people will have their eyes awake to some of the shenanigans that have been going on right under our nose. And still today, there are people, ministers of propaganda, that are trying to deflect, trying to deflect with the still the absurdities of these manufactured stories to, to get people to take their eyes off of the true and the correct reasons why this bill was necessary, why it was fought for, and why uh, Governor DeSantis actually signed it into law. It is unprecedented. Let's put, as we fade out with you, I think we got, you know, if we go to be in your schedule, we got maybe four or five more minutes with you. Um, let's put this irresponsible government financial statement of Gainesville in the state context. The state, on the other hand, is very solvent right now. Are we not, Chuck? Oh, my gosh. Uh, if we were our own country ward, the Flor- state of Florida would be the 13th largest economy in the world. Um, we have uh, one of, I think, the 49th lowest uh, debt per capita or, or, or even tax per capita. So we are a very low tax state. We have we put $10 billion in reserve last year. Uh, we have it in our Constitution Ward that we must balance our budget every year. So Florida must not spend more than it takes in. So not only do we have record reserves, we have returned record tax back to the people of Florida. I think it was $2.3 billion this year uh, back to the people. We had expanded uh, tax holidays, not only the back-to-school holidays. We've had uh, recreational holidays. We've had hurricane preparedness holidays where um, you, know, you don't pay sales tax on these things that are absolutely necessary for, for families. Back to school, you know, preparing for you know some sort of storm and electric outage, those sort of things. So Florida is a model in financial uh, prudence, if you will, and doesn't even have a state income tax. Um, you know that that's, and we have no state income tax. And so, so have, I've got a I've got a fur, I've got that was a great question, but l- let me further say that uh, it, make nobody uh, misunderstand. Uh, the state of Florida is sovereign here. Counties and cities ward are subdivisions of state government, which means that the state of the, the city of Gainesville in 18 uh, something, 60, whatever it was, 1875, it came to the state of Florida for the charter, for the permission to have a city. And the state granted that. So let me just share with you that uh, I've been in the legislature seven years. We've dissolved a couple cities, nothing the size of Gainesville, but we have dissolved a couple uh, cities, removed the charter, and basically made the cities non-existent. Now, I'm not saying that Gainesville's on that trajectory, but I just want to make sure it's not an equal to equal. uh, Cities are subdivisions of the state. Now, here's, here's what would happen, Ward. If they continued to make, they being the city commission, bad decisions, uh, and even if the city went bankrupt, the state of Florida is still on the hook for those bonds and those financial commitments. 
that's the compelling interest that the state has because if if you drive this plane into the ground, all of those debts are still there, and you know you're not going to get out of them through bankruptcy. The state's going to have to come in and bail them out. Um, so uh, there is a pecking order, and the the city is not quite on the same par as the state because the state could, in fact, dissolve the city of Gainesville by a vote. Well, this leads to a question that just came in on the chat line: Might the city? Um, the state ordered the city to get the rest of its financial house in order. And might the city go back and say, listen, we'll have five commissioners instead of seven since you guys are com- anything uh, like that? Huh? Well, I don't, I don't think the state would compel the, the, the city. The only, there's any good reason for the state to say, you know, you, you, you need to have five instead of seven, even though that, that's going to seven was uh, probably a, a mistake to begin with because it only creates more chaos. Uh, in, in coming to decisions themselves, uh, as uh, what was the first part of your question? Well, the rest of the financial ha- uh, uh, house. Of oh, which yeah. this, well, yeah. well, you know the the GRU thing was only there's 18 findings that the the joint legislative audit committee found, and I think if 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 commissioners aren't forthcoming, uh, I think that uh, you, you, let let me back up. I called and Senator Perry called for an audit of the city of Gainesville in November of 2019. Do this math, 2019. Do you understand the results wasn't given until February of 2023? That's right. I do remember that. I knew the that. City, okay. Ward, the city stonewalled. The city stonewalled the state's auditors and used the pandemic as the main excuse or reason why they could not provide the state with the the answers to the questions that the state provided. So. Yeah, the the Joint uh, Legislative Audit Committee, um, the Ethics and Integrity Committee, uh, all those people can summon uh, elected officials up to Tallahassee to answer questions that that might be uh, that might pose some answer that's uh, not not good, uh, just like the JLAC Committee did. I mean, when 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 commissioners and uh, city manager Mayor Ward came to Tallahassee, they were like deer in the headlights. And all the members of the JLAC committee was just uh, astonished that the city didn't take this audit seriously and that they had no uh, really good answers to any of the questions from Democrats and Republicans. Go back and look at that uh, video from the Florida Channel and you're going to go, oh, my gosh, that committee was united regardless of party about the egregiousness of those 18 findings. Wow. Yeah. So really, this could be just uh, the first step in trying to um, take take over what they can't uh, seem to get right. I know when this, uh, they couldn't even find, not only could they not audit, I talked to some of the guys who were in charge of doing that. Not only could they not audit, they couldn't find the receipts to audit from, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was, they, they let people go who didn't agree with their ideology is basically what happened. They, they fired the auditor. They, yeah. they fired the auditor during this particular uh, process. So, yeah, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Wow. All right. Well, listen, I got to run. I'd love yeah. to come back. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll, let's come back and, and we'll keep, we'll keep a, a focus on this issue and see how the city commission handles it. And, uh, you know, if, if they're uh, contrite and they say, hey, there was problems here, we, we own them. Um, you know, here's the difference, <laughs> Ward. I've, I've probably taken 7,000 votes in the legislature, some of them not real popular. Some of them were real hard to do. Some of them I may have to hold my nose to take the vote. But let me tell you, sir, I own 
every one of those votes, good, bad, or indifferent. I own them. And, and we don't see the city commission uh, owning, whether they were there or not. Uh, you know, look, you're there. You, you've got the seat. And you've got the title. You've got to own uh, the situation that you're in. And I don't see I don't see them standing up. And maybe the mayor's taking a, a, a good course and, and wants a smooth transition. But we'll but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. The, the jury is still out on this and we'll see how the the uh, legalities uh, handle themselves and, and who files what and when and what the grounds are and what the defense is and how much it's going to cost. And all those things are yet to be determined. And those are going to be stories within themselves. Ward. Fascinating stuff, Chuck. Great to hear from you. Thanks for coming on. Take take care, brother. Yeah, man, anytime. Okay. Okay, we're going to break now for our late break. We would have broken normally at the bottom of the hour. We're going to break at the quarter going up and come back in a minute with Ward's weather. Stay tuned. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott Files here. Professor Ward Scott on Ward's Weather. Brought to you by Lewis Oil Fossil Fuel. Nothing wrong with that. Chevron stations. Listen, 
we are in the throes of, let's be honest about it, incredible heat. Locally here, I'm looking at the uh, projected today, 98 actual degrees, but the heat index, and you know what that is, that's humidity combined with the heat, is well over 100 degrees. Listen, outside's going to be rough today. And, you know, we're getting into the month of July. And we're getting into the 4th of July. And across the nation, it looks as if pretty much 4th of July is going to be miserably hot and steamy. From Texas all the way up to, really all the way up to Boston, it's going to be hot and steamy for the 4th of July. Incredibly hot in the northern parts of Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, um, Arkansas, in the deep south, the so-called deep south, really uncomfortable. Um, it's not going to be cooler anywhere in the country, with the exception of a tiny part north of Billings, Montana. Um, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., El Paso, all the way down, very, very warm again. Um, not a lot of precipitation. So um, these are going to be some of the hottest conditions since last summer. And lots of these numbers will be well over 100, believe it, 100 degrees. I mean, it is incredible. Um, wow. Well, <clears throat> we were talking about... Uh, with Representative Chuck Clemens, and that's an excellent, excellent interview. We will put that out on our various platforms, and you can take that and share it with a lot of people on your networks because any questions you've got about what's going on, we pretty much have covered them up to this point. Um, you know, this government here, whenever it got ready to go visit a city, and they go on these inner city visits and they would go to the cities that they would like to imitate. Hanrahan would lug off with a bunch of people. Uh, these mayors all do it. These commissioners all do it. Um, one of the places they loved to go was out to Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon was supposed to be the business model, um, municipal model. The whole nine yards. Well, Zusha Ellison for the Wall Street Journal has covered Portland, Oregon. And it is, of course, filled. Well, not so much filled. Not filled as much with residents leaving the city. You know, Portland had vegan restaurants bookstores, public transit. That was the Democrat-run dream. Now, things are stolen. You step in human excrement. You have extreme politics. And even the artists 
the so-called artists. And there is such a profession are getting out of there. A gentleman by the name of Mark Rogers, who is a 44-year-old artist, says he doesn't want to trash talk about his home city. But there's trash everywhere. And he said, I wouldn't even left Portland if the housing prices hadn't become so high. So what we have here, and the reason these city commissioners from Gainesville would love to, on the taxpayer dollar, go out there, is for the longest time, Portland was known for being clean, safe, and hip. Now, all that clean, safe, and hip stuff has become serious crime, homelessness, lifestyle problems, and housing costs that make it prohibitive to live there. I don't want to be pounding the table too much here, but we have our own really interesting version of this with this story we just covered with the malfeasance of money and the utility. Um, Cities across the U.S., Democrat-run cities, are struggling with an urban exodus. Minneapolis, for example, All this business that came about, and once again, the word that is used when describing this incident by the Wall Street Journal, the word that is used, is killing. They do not call it a murder. But what they're writing about in this column is that civil unrest has increased in Minneapolis following the police killing of George Floyd. Political infighting has increased. Meanwhile, the Democrat city Minneapolis government has cut police spending disbanded a unit that was focused on gangs and gun violence. Portland, similarly, had long been among the safest cities in the country. It averaged about 21 homicides a year. But the killings rose, have risen to a record the last two years. As they, too, and they've somehow got their residents convinced of it, all across Oregon, to decriminalize possession of hard drugs and the use of them on city streets. So now, downtown Portland, which used to be bustling, have windows boarded up, empty storefronts, and open drug use is common. 
some of Portland's most affluent areas have the same issues as the downtown. There's a cardiac nurse who's age 50. She said she was chased by a homeless man while out on a jog in her Alameda neighborhood on the east side of Portland, where the median home prices are around $1 million. She and her husband, an orthopedic surgeon, have raised their children in Portland. But when this chasing incident happened, they decided to move 10 miles outside of the city where they don't any longer feel safe in the city because the character of the city has changed. This point should be, in my humble opinion, you know I'm never wrong, an issue in the presidential election. The malfeasance, the political lack of sensible responsibility in Democrat cities, of which Gainesville is one. I think our version of this is really special because we're not talking about the cops. We're not talking about homelessness. We're talking about everyday citizens who have to have power. And the cost of that power. So I really appreciate Representative Chuck Clemens coming on today. Share this show. It's a very important show. We're going to use it as a benchmark and see how things develop. I think uh, Representative Clemens brought up a very interesting point that Hutchison, it appears, is going to put the city commissioners in legal jeopardy by causing them to have to be deposed. Most interesting. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.